Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. All right. Um, you know, I, I've been, you know, last week we had an awesome time and just some amazing moments with God and moments of prayer where we come, came together and gathered around each other to pray and for healing and in different areas of people's lives. And, and I've just been just contemplating and, and mauling over this name of God, which is Jehovah Rapha. And you know what that, that means, Jehovah, these names of God. And I'm not going to, I don't think, preach on each of the names of God. Um, but I just have just had this in my heart and my mind. And Jehovah Rapha means the Lord our healer. The Lord our healer. And I've just been contemplating and thinking about God our healer. Who he is for us, to us, that, that we can have healing that we can have freedom, that we can have restoration, that, that there, there is healing in Him. And that those aspects of who He is have not gone away. They, they don't, you know, they didn't cease to exist after the apostles went on to be with the Lord. They didn't, you know, there was times of, of more quietness and, and times that you didn't see as much, and, and I would say my perspective is we don't see as much as we should here in the United States because here in the United States, we're a little too comfortable with ourselves and how we can do things and how, you know, all the stuff. And, and there, the United, in the United States, we're not as spiritual, if you will, as other countries. In other countries, like I've been privileged to be able to take trips to India. And it's very easy for someone that has grown up in India with this mind of that there, are, there is the spiritual world. It might be that they're Hindu or Buddhist or some other religion, but they believe that there is something beyond themselves. So when they come to know Christ and become a Christian, become part of his family, they believe that he is going to do something and he will do something because they believe it. And they just, they're just going to stand on it. And it's very, or much easier in different countries. And I, I hate that. I hate that, you guys. I, I want to believe for here, healing and for things to happen here. And I have seen that. I have many, many times God moving in somebody's life and seeing a miraculous healing, seeing God come through and heal the sick, restore those that, that are tormented and all these different things. I have seen that. But I guess in my mind and, and, and what God is speaking maybe to me and to us is that like, are, are you going to go even further and say, I want to see it every day? I want to see it when I walk out the door 
and there's somebody that needs healing and you're going to step out in faith or I'm going to step out in faith and say, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. So, I mean, that's what, what's been going through my mind. Anyway, so I got to this scripture in Acts 3, and, and I want to read the whole thing, and then just kind of like take some things out of it that I, I feel like will help, help us to step into more of a place if we're willing to allow God to use us, and we are willing to step out in faith in that way that, that we can learn from this story. So in Acts 3, starting in verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, lame, he was crippled. He was, had issues with his legs, his ankles, his feet. From birth, never being able to walk. It says, a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily, every single day, at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those, from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. He never in his life was able to walk, much less leap. So he leaping up, stood, and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he. Then they realized that it was him, that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. That's an amazing story right there. God's going to do it. I, I, oh. Oh, man. I love it, you know, and, and sometimes it's easy. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you bruised your arm. Let me pray for that, you know. But I love this story because it's not just a bruised arm or like, hey, I twisted my ankle. It's just, can, you, can we pray that the pain goes away, you know. But he was lame from his mother's womb, never able to walk, and God healed him in that moment. In Acts 4, it says that this man was over 40 years old. Over 40 years old. Been placed at this gate. So I'm, I'm just, if you think with me, it's very interesting because 
He had been placed at this gate daily for who knows how many years, many, many years. And Peter and John are coming by now, and this happens, this miracle happens. But do you understand that Jesus entered the gate called beautiful probably many, many times and probably walked past this lame man many times? I don't know if you guys thought about that. But that makes me, wait a second. Wait a second. Jesus must have passed by this lame man sitting there at the gate begging for alms many, many times, and he didn't heal him? And he didn't grab him and say, get up and walk? Are we okay with God's timing and his purpose in our life? Are we okay? Because there's something so much more in this, and I don't have like the exact answer, but maybe it's that, that God and Jesus was walking by, and he says, ooh, there's a need, but I want to see something happen after I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, and that I give the Holy Spirit, and that those disciples are walking with me, and the Spirit is in them, that they can walk past this lame man, and they can tell him, rise up and walk, and this miracle can happen through them. I don't know, maybe that's it. But are we okay? Sometimes we're so impatient. But will we trust Him? Will we still trust Him? Will we have that faith and believe that He's our healer? That we have victory? That, that He is going to do the work even if it doesn't look like it's in the right time when we want it, which is usually not probably the right time but it's in his time. Can we wait for God's timing in our lives? And then in verse 2, Acts 3, 2, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask for alms from those who entered the temple. So this guy, he, he can't walk. He was carried. He was brought there. Family, friends, somebody brought him and placed him there at this gate called Beautiful because it was, I don't know, 40-something feet high, covered in bronze, the most beautiful gate. People were entering this gate, and he's like, they're entering in, and, and they probably have something to give, and he's just looking for some consolation, some Somebody to just support my condition for, for the next day or two, you know, that I can actually, I can't go out and work. I can't, you know, support myself. Can you just, you know, can you just give me a little something? Can you throw me a little spare change? But God had something better in mind, Right? than just getting him through the day or the next day. God had something much more for him, 
than just giving him a little bit of sustenance or, or allowing him to buy food for that day. God said, I want you to be healed and made whole. There's something so much more. When he saw Peter and John, he was asking for spare change. Are we just asking for spare change from God? Are, are we just asking God to just get by? And to, to just, you know, to just make it. I'm settled in the fact that, that I am lame. But can you just help me somehow get to tomorrow with my lameness? Because that's the mentality that this man had. And you say, yeah, I mean, it's a physical, you know, but it, whether it's physical or, you know, mentally or something that's been grabbing hold of us and holding us down and we can't get rid of it, whatever, there's so many things. But are we just asking God to get us to next, the next day or the next day with our lameness? Or do we have the expectancy for a complete and whole change in our life, a complete healing. This man didn't have it. He, he didn't have it. So you can't, you know, in, in this moment, you can't say, well, he expected, you know, he had, the, he had the faith for a complete healing. No, he was just asking for a couple of pennies. But he was expecting something. Verse 4. Acts 3, 4. And fixing his eyes. So he's, he's just like, hey, can you just, can you just throw me a couple of pennies, uh, nickels, you know, just get me by. And you can imagine he's sitting there. I don't, I don't know if you've been in a place where you've seen somebody begging like in a place of just destitution that's just sitting there that's been there for so long and 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 they they don't they they won't even look up they're just maybe holding out a cup or there's a bucket in front of them and they're just sitting there Acts 3, 4, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. He's probably just looking at the dirt, kind of yelling out, hey, help a guy out. Throw me some change. But Peter said, Look at us. And on Peter and John's side, I want to look at the two different sides of this for a minute. On Peter and John's side, we have to see that they saw the need. They saw a need. Not just the temporary need that the guy was trying to get fulfilled, but they saw the need for complete restoration and wholeness that God wanted to do. 
On their side, they saw that there was a need for God to move in this guy's life. Are we seeing the need or are we ignoring it and passing by? There's so many people that were passing by not doing anything. Maybe some people that were just throwing a little bit of change. But are we seeing the need? They said, look at us. It gets personal. It gets personal when we look directly at the need. I'm sorry to be a little, you know, call you out a little bit, call myself out. I mean, I'm calling all of us out, but anyway. But so many times we just, hey, if I don't look at it, I won't have to think about it. I won't have to deal with the need that my brother has, you know, or, or you know, that somebody in my family or, or, or my coworker or my neighbor. If I, I'm just going to kind of go along and, and try not to look at that. I won't have to deal with it. But when we look, It gets personal. And on the man's, the lame man's side of it, right? He realized that, oh, whoa, they said, look at me. He realized now that they weren't just passing by, but that he was the focus of their attention. Can imagine so many people just walking by all the time that you just get used to people. Just nothing, nothing, nothing. Nobody's gonna focus on me. Nobody cares what I'm doing. Nobody, you know, sees me. Nobody hears me. Um, you don't have to raise your hand. I will raise my hand, but you can just respond in your mind. How many people have said those things in the last week? But he realized that he was the focus of their attention. Do we see Jesus standing right in front of us saying, look at me. Look at me. Do we see that he's standing right there? He's not just walking by. He's not running by and, and saying like, hey, maybe, you know, I'll drop a couple of, you know, dollars to get you by. But he's standing right there in front of you saying, look at me. And do we see that we are the focus of his attention? He wants our attention. He says, look at me. Will we connect with him and make, make that eye contact with our Savior, our healer? In verse 5, Acts 3, 5, so he gave them his attention. So he gave them his attention expecting to receive something. Now all of a sudden, hey, whoa. They're standing right in front of me, and, and, and not only that, they've stopped. They're, they're there, and they said, look at me. And so he looks at them and gave their attention, expecting, gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He's still expecting to receive just some spare change, but he's expecting at least. Somebody cares about me. Somebody 
is standing there and wants to connect with me and they want to look at me and they want me to look at them. So I am expecting something to happen. But still. I mean, because how could he know really how much to expect from them? But still, he's expecting just a little spare change. What's our level of expectation? What is our level of expectation? When we've got Jesus standing right in front of us saying, look at me. I don't, I don't know about you. I, like, I know that it's not been probably always or most of the time what it should be. But I want to have the faith and, and expectancy and, and, and belief and trust in Him that, that I can step out and I say, I know you're with me. And I believe you can do this. I trust you. That you're not just walking by just to do a little thing. But you're here and you want wholeness. You want healing. So what's our level of expectation? <laughs> and are we expecting the right things from God, right? Because he's expecting change, this lame man. But what he should be expecting even though maybe he didn't know about it, know, know how he could get this healing, but what he should be expecting is that complete healing. In verse 6, then Peter said, Acts 3, 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. You can imagine this guy, he's like, oh my gosh, I've given them my attention Anybody? Oh. I'm looking at them. And now they don't have any money. What are they going to do? And I feel like that's me, you know, or you, all of us, every time we're talking to God, it's like, yeah, God, here I am. And he's like, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Seriously? You know, it's like, God. You don't have any money? <laughs> but he's got so much more than that just sustaining us for the day. There's so, so much more. And he says, look, I don't, I don't even, I, I mean, look, I, he's got money. He, you know, he can send you, and he does sometimes in that need. You, you're like, I'm financially strapped, and somehow God comes through, and there's a check in the mail, and I've, I've seen it. I've actually been a part of that. You want to hear a story? We, in our younger years, went to California, and, and we were supported by people so we could go to ministry school. I'm making this really short. And we were struggling, like struggling. And Tori and I sat down, and we're like, we don't have the money to make it. Like, it's just not going to work. What are we going to do? And we sat there, and we prayed, and we trusted God. And somebody showed up. Did they actually knock on our door? Yeah. Knocked on our door. It's like, 
let me get the story straight. I need, I need the, you know, the storyteller. Was it that day? Was it the next day? The next day. The very, the very next day in this moment that we were in, and we're like, God, what are we going to do? We can't make it. And somebody showed up and they said, you know, God just told me that I needed to come and bring you this and just bless you guys. And it was exactly, exactly the amount that we were short. God does that. He does sustain us. But I don't want to just be looking for a little money here and there. I want to be looking for the greatest miracle that God can do in my life to change everything about me and who I am in my life so that it's different. That's what I want to have expectancy for. So they said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Rise up. What did he have? I don't have money, but what I have is authority. Because Christ has given me the authority to bring healing and wholeness. He spoke that over his disciples, and then he also said it's for, not just for them, but for their, their descendants and their descendants and for everybody that it comes on after. He says, I have given you the authority to speak to the enemy, to the, to the demons, and they will flee, that you will speak to sickness and it will be healed. These guys don't believe me. In Mark 16, 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And they will recover. Now, in this scripture, you know, there's some things that we can kind of take out of context and say, oh, wow, I'm going to go be a snake handler. And I don't believe that that is what he is saying. But we do have moments where uh, it was Paul where a snake jumped out and caught a hold of his arm and he shook it off. What was the difference? What was the deal? As opposed to me just going around like, hey, God said this. I'm going to grab this rattlesnake. I'm going to whatever. He was doing what God had asked him to do. He was walking with God and in this place because God had brought him there. And he wasn't playing around with snakes. He was walking with God and the snake came over to him and he says, nah, that's not going to happen. Because I'm walking with God. Okay, so don't drink poison. Don't play with snakes. Walk with God. You'll be okay if a snake bites you if you're walking with God, okay? <laughs> I feel like this is going to go. Woo. But he says they will lay hands on the sick. And they, he, he gave that authority. So they are walking. And Peter and John are now walking past this gate, walking past this lame man. He says, I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have is the authority that is given to me from Christ that says that I can lay hands on you and I can grab hold of you and say, you are healed. 
and you will be made whole. That's what I have. Mm. I mean, it takes faith. It takes trusting him. Are, are we... takes walking with him, right? In verse 7, Acts 3, 7, it says, and he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And so there's something here that we see. Again, on Peter and John's side of things that he says, what I have, I'm going to give to you. What I have is the authority of our Lord and Savior to speak healing over your life. But he also was walking in a gift of healing and a gift of faith that was given to him through the Holy Spirit. And a gift, like he had this expectancy and understanding and knowing that it will happen because he knew the authority of Christ and he knew the authority that had been given to him. But you have to... This is where I get, man, I get nervous sometimes. Because what we see here is that the the man's legs or his ankle bones and his feet didn't start popping and, and, you know, tightening up and coming together until he grabbed him by the right hand and started pulling him up. Anybody like me, sometimes you're like, let's, let's wait and see what God does. Might pray a little bit more. Maybe we'll try to stand you up in a little bit, you know. But no, he, he grabs his, he, gra- he grabs his hand and he's like, let's go. Get up. We're going to walk. We're doing this. There's no other option. I'm not giving the enemy any place in this because Christ is here and the authority that he's given is here. And so I'm going to speak this in Jesus' name. And Jesus, like he said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know, one thing I was reading, I love that that somebody said this. He's like, he spoke Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he says, Nazareth was used as an insult about Christ. But in this moment, after Christ did all the things that he had done, it's almost like he is using that and saying, you, you came and tried to bring this Jesus Christ of Nazareth as an insult, but now I'm using it as authority. That yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ, the one that came from this little podunk town that you didn't think anything could come from. Yeah, that Jesus Christ that's the savior of the world. Yeah, that Jesus Christ that's God. With us. That's the one. The one from Nazareth. That's the one I'm speaking about. 
And it says he took him up, took him by the right hand and lifted him up immediately after he took him, lifting him up, then his feet and bones received strength. See, we, the power of God was moving through him. But in order for it to move through him or to move through us, it has to, we have to receive that power. We have to be marked by that power. We have to be changed by that power. That power has to do something in us in order for us to be used in that way so that power can be released from us. See, you don't go out and say, you know, all this stuff and, you know, go over to this guy and be like, let's go, get up and walk, you know, you get out of that wheelchair and you haven't spent that time with God and Him marking you and changing you and healing you and revealing the stuff that needs to be taken out of your life so that you can walk with Him closer. You don't get that to that place. Without spending that time being changed first yourself. So He received strength when Paul took Him by the hand and lifted Him up. In Acts 3, 9, all the people saw him walking and praising God. They saw, like, wait a second. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement. There's a couple of things in this. First thing. As soon as the miracle happened, what did he do? He grabbed hold of Peter and John and said, I'm with you. Are we grabbing hold? See, that's a problem. Sometimes God does something in our life and we're like, woo, yeah. And then God's like, hey, I'm going this way, not that way. When God does something in our, in our lives, he, he wants us to to be able to walk with him better and, and closer and stronger. Not to just feel like we have our strength now to do it on our own. So this lame man, he went with them and said, I'm your guy. I'm with you. Let's go. Where you go, I go. My buddy. My buddy. My buddy. Wherever. You guys remember that old toy? Wherever I go, you go. Or, yeah, that's what it was. Okay, anyway, my brain. You would love to be inside my brain, I'm sure. Secondly, he immediately started to use what God had given him. It's like, wait a second. I didn't get money so I could buy a sandwich. I got healing. I'm not going to stand around after God healed me. What I'm going to do. Like he, I could imagine the God, you know? And I can imagine us sometimes. When God does something in our life, do we use 
the freedom that He has given us for Him. When He brings that healing, like this lame man, it says, what did it say? He was leaping, walking, leaping, running. The dude was probably doing somersaults. And how did he know? How did he even know how to walk? How did he even know how to leap? I don't know. But God did something in his life and miraculously even taught him how to walk and to leap. But he's like, I am not going to sit around anymore. I've been sitting too long in my shame. I've been sitting too long in my sickness. I've been sitting too long in that lameness, just asking to get past today. Now I'm going to run. Now I'm going to jump. I'm going to leap. I'm going to use what God has done in my life. And finally, he was praising and worshiping God. He was thanking God for what he did. He went into the temple with Peter and John and praised God with his leaping and jumping. And in this, I... I, These gifts, these spiritual gifts and this healing, we need to be careful because all these gifts of the Spirit, what they are for is for the edification of the church, is for the edification of the body of Christ. It is for the glory of God and nothing else. And that's what we see here. Now we see people, you know, in the temple coming against them saying like, Whoa, what's going on here? But God was glorified. What he was doing in that time was edified and and was made known because of this healing. And God wants to, my point, God wants to use each and every one of us in this way, each one of us to walk with him, to walk in his spirit, to walk in the gifts that he has given us, to see things happen in people's lives, to see miracles, to see healing, to see restoration, to see all this stuff, not for the edification of me or you or us, but for the edification of the church and so that he can be glorified, so that people could know him, so that more people could know that he is God. So the people can see, just like that lame man, just like that we see, that Christ is right in front of us and he's saying, look at me. I don't want you just to live halfway. I want wholeness. Look at me. I don't want you just to get by. I want you to to live in the fullness of what I've called you to. Look at me. Give me your attention. And allow me to do this work in you. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.